The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. It's one thing falling in love with a house, picturing yourself moving in and calling it home, and quite another navigating the world of price negotiating, mortgage lenders, and finding the budget that works best for you. An agent who's a Realtor can make understanding that world easier. Realtors have the expertise, access to proprietary data, and tools to help you get from imagining living somewhere to actually doing it. That's the kind of help we can provide. Because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Hello there, boys and girls, and welcome to another brand spanking new episode of Circling the Bases, probably a part of NBC Sports Edge. I am your host, Colin Henderson. Joining me today, as always, Mr. Christopher Crawford. Chris, my Yankees are in your hood this week, which means this yep. guy has to stay up till like 1 a.m. to make sure he doesn't <laughs> miss an Aaron Judge home run in the ninth. Um, yeah. So my two overall points is one, time zones suck and I hate West Coast trips. And two, mm. Judge, if you're going to hit a home run, do it in the first inning for us, these coasters, man. Like I can't stay up to one yeah. for the next four nights. Like, come on. He, he looked <laughs> like he actually was going to get two. You just that, missed that other on one. A, that, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I was sure like that was a home run off the bat when it was on mute. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's uh, I will say I'm going to the game tomorrow uh, Good, or Wednesday for people who are listening to the show at, uh, it's a nice one o'clock start time for me or four o'clock start time for you. So that'll be a lot of fun. It's a, you know, um, the series against New York that they played last week. Was that last? Yeah, it was yeah, last, last week. week. Um, Mariners ended up taking two of three. I think mm -hmm. uh, Garrett Cole might've had, uh, you take away the first inning. He was awfully good in that start, but uh, I've heard you. Is that how it works? Actually I was going to say, is that how it works? I've heard, I've heard yeah, because that, that was not great. Left a uh, change up to Jared Jared Kelnick that uh, got molly whopped pretty darn hard, and I think he gave up two more home runs. But yeah, it's yeah, fun. It's uh, it's fun to see the Mariners playing games that matter in uh, August in 2022. I mean, I just wish I could enjoy the Mariners playing good baseball at. 4 p.m. East time, East Coast time. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to. Yeah. If I am commissioner for a day and I am going to go full East Coast bias, I would say every East, every away game that the East Coast has to play on the West Coast, those are one or four o'clock games uh, from West Coast. I time. mean, that means they're four yeah, seven games on the East Coast time. Yeah. And everyone's money. Yeah. I mean, well, I know that I'm probably very unpopular is, on the West Coast for yeah. saying such a thing, but I'm an East Coast kid. No, so, yeah. It's, 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 I totally get it. It's, uh, we have, um, better seafood. We have mostly better weather. We have the better time zones for sports for sure. Like it is so nice. It is so nice to be able to watch like college football at 9am and watch it until 9pm, sometimes till midnight. If you're staying up to watch the Hawaii football game, which is often a thing that I am doing, by the way, college football coming up pretty soon. Um, yes, it is. 
Yeah, I get it, though. It's, uh, most things, you get the benefit of the doubt for most things for East Coast stuff. Like, Oh, the world revolves around the, the East Coast. No the question world, about the it. The world like, revolves around it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Hey, speaking of the East Coast, a buddy of mine just sent me a question that I think is pretty interesting. and involves yeah, fantasy baseball. Dynasty question. Okay. Dynasty league where you can keep a player indefinitely. Which side do you like better? So one side gets Garrett Cole and Bryce Harper. The right. other side gets Julio Rodriguez and Joe Ryan. What side? Garrett Cole and Bryce Harper. Or Julio Re- Garrett Cole and Bryce Harper. I take that almost every single day of the week. I mean, don't get me wrong. Julio, th- Julio is phenomenal, and I think Joe Ryan is going to be really good. But part of my issue with dynasty leagues, and this is my like, and this is where I'm funneling this, is that most dynasty leagues don't last 20 years. We're not playing the entire duration of Julio Rodriguez's career. We're probably not playing the entire duration of Joe Ryan's career. If if you tell me that the dynasty league lasts the ne- lasts over the next ten years, I still think I might take Garrett Cole and Bryce Harper just because I think I think you have a a pretty nice baseline for both of those guys. I'm not sure I'm putting everything aside for even the the beauty and joy that I see from Julio Rodriguez on a daily basis. I still think I'd take Bryce Harper reigning MVP and Garrett Cole, um, a perennial top three Cy Young pitcher for the next seven years, eight years. I think I'd still take that. I think I would too. It's close though. I, I think, think that's fair. Can, I but think yeah. you can justify it, man, because I just, what I've seen from Julio Rodriguez suggests that he is going to be the best fantasy baseball player in a couple of years. In like, roto leagues, is, absolutely. With that's with the. I, I think. Category. I think. I. I think that this will be a guy who is the best player in every league pretty soon because this guy is going to start drawing a ton of walks too. Yeah. He is already sure. showing an ex- excellent approach at the plate, and if he's sitting at the top of the lineup, and you are going to be pitching around Julio Rodriguez, you just start. There is no doubt in my mind that he is going to be an on-base machine. Having said that, I think the drop off from Ryan to Cole is just a little too strong. That's where I, that's the, where you lose me as well. The Julio Rodriguez said, for Bryce Harper thing, yeah, is is totally fair. But I think that's totally fair. It, I, and and you know what, I yeah, probably the, might take Julio Rodriguez in that conversation. But Garrett Cole yeah. to Joe Ryan is too much. I mean, if you it, were to say, I don't know, if it was Garrett Cole to, I mean, I want to name game it up here as we're about to get to it. Like, would you take Joe Ryan yeah. or Spencer Strider for the rest of his career? Like, I'm trying to think of oh, other young, yeah. really good pitchers yeah. that like maybe sure. are a step up above Joe Ryan that would kind of get that deal yeah. done. But the drop off sure. between Cole and Ryan is a little bit too much for my liking. Yeah, especially in fantasy. Like in real life, I like Joe Ryan an yeah. awful lot, but I just don't think he's ever going to miss bats the way Garrett Cole does. Now, I will say the Garrett Cole end. I think is going to be ugly, like ugly, ugly, because when well, he loses that velocity, I the, just uh, it's, for the contract that he'll be paid at the end of it, it'll certainly be ugly one way or the other. Right. And the Yankees, the Yankees aren't going to go to chapter 11 because Garrett Cole's contract. No. However, it is, it's the, the reality of the world we live in is the fact that Garrett Cole's contract may prevent them from being able to do something in their budget, which should not exist because you're New York flipping Yankees and there is no salary cap. But in reality, I, I just think even in just taking the contract aside, I think when Garrett Cole does actually lose the velocity that most pitchers do, mm-hmm. it, it could be pretty ugly. But I think you've got another two or three years of him being an elite starting. Option. I think you got a couple more. I would like to think you got a couple more years than just two or three for him to be elite just because he's, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I still think he's only 30. Am I right? 
Am I Eric wrong? Cole is uh, age. Uh, this is uh, thank you. He is thirty one. He will turn thirty two okay. on September eighth. Okay, on September eighth. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, September eighth. I mean, I yeah. still think like three, four years, and you know what? He's he's a good enough pitcher. I, I, he can reinvent if he needs. I think three is is what I'll bet on. I think three more years of Garrett Cole being one of the two or three best fantasy starters. I don't think Joe Ryan's ever reaching that pipe. So yeah, that's that's my issue with it, but. It's very odd you know, for me to say no. As we to continue to see Verlander and Scherzer and all the rest of these guys somehow yeah. age gracefully, for all we know, Cole will do just adjustment. Fine. But for sure. yeah, uh, look, as every Yankee fan knew when that contract was signed and the dollar figure was put out there, as long as there was a ring or two involved, we could take whatever sure. is at the end of that contract. Absolutely. So let's get to a little bit of a name game today because that's what we got on the show today. Chris and I will be highlighting some of the hottest and coldest players around the league. And we're going to play a little name game here about how we would value them over the rest of the season. So remember, this is going to try and take while we are going to use their stats that they've accumulated to this point as a factor, those stats don't mean anything to you anymore. We care about what right. does the next two months mean. And you know what? We are in the final, if you're in a head-to-head league with postseason, we're in the final four or five weeks of the regular season for your playoff push. Absolutely. Um, if you are obviously in a full season, um, league then we are in the final two months either way this is the crunch time now so this is where championships gets won or lost hopefully a little name game here will show a little a different value for what we might be contributing to certain players especially some of these guys who are absolutely scorching right now but before we get to the name game today we have a tasty little treat for you this weekend right here on peacock with mlb sunday leadoff coverage presented by uber eats Catch Juan Soto. Ever heard of him? Juan Soto as he makes his return to D.C. where the when the Padres head east to face the Nationals this Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern, live on NBC and Peacock. To learn more, go to PeacockTV.com slash MLB. And if you want a chance to win 25 grand on the game, download the NBC Sports Predictor app powered by PointsBet and enter Sunday's free Grand Slam Pick'em Contest. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. It's one thing falling in love with a house, picturing yourself moving in and calling it home, and quite another navigating the world of price negotiating, mortgage lenders, and finding the budget that works best for you. An agent who's a Realtor can make understanding that world easier. Realtors have the expertise, access to proprietary data, and tools to help you get from imagining living somewhere to actually doing it. That's the kind of help we can provide. Because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. 
Juan Soto back in Washington wanna... is going to be a lot of fun. That's going to be a lot of fun. I think One it way might or the be other interesting. Fun. It, it's got to be. If you're a Nationals fan, is there any? Oh, God. There's not a conversation that you're not standing up and giving full standing up, oh. right? I mean, oh, technically, yeah, yeah. he turned down a $440 million be a national for life contract. So I guess there might be some ill will, but like, I can't imagine. From uneducated folks. Yeah, absolutely. And you yeah. should just appreciate that you get to watch a good baseball team. The Washington Nationals <laughs> roster right now is one of the worst <laughs> flipping rosters I've ever seen in my entire life. If, Nelson if the Nationals Cruz, had man, to play the Athletics in a best of seven series, who I'll take Oakland. I'll take Oakland. You'll take Oakland. Okay. Shot. Yeah, at least Oakland has some decent pitchers. That the the Nationals are just garbage. It's going to be such a long time, I think, before that team is competitive. As much as I like the the players okay. they got in that trade, yeah, those are very very good players. Man, it doesn't put you anywhere close, especially in the NL East, which looks so good right now. And should be very You're, good. I mean, Marlins should be – the next four or five years should be a great period for the Marlins if they do everything right. Mets have more money than God, and they are very yeah. well set up. Braves are the Braves. They're they continue great. to be really good. And Phillies yeah. have been one of the best teams in baseball for the last month or so and continue to have tons the money and talent. spend it. So, tons, tons of talent. Tons of talent, so, yeah. Yeah, the uh, only thing they have going is going to be really nice for the next decade. And uh, they're going to have good to, luck to the Nats. They're going to be the Baltimore Orioles the of the AL East for the last decade in terms of just oh. like we're the our time's going to come and it's it, it might not. All right, so let's, let's not get talk to about the Orioles. Game. There's yeah, I'm still not. so mad about the that that trade deadline, dude. I Jake Mintz, my buddy. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. They're going to. I, I kind of hope that they finish one game out of the playoffs and it's just on a blown one. I kind save. of agree with that. I kind of agree with yeah, that. Just on a blown save. Uh, that's how I kind of hope that I'm not rooting against Mateo them, but there move. would be. It's the Mancini no, that move that kills me. Terrible trade. It's the Mancini Colin move Henderson. that kills me more. They got nothing. They didn't get a top 10 prospect Fair. in that deal. That Fair. was a garbage trade by an organization that does not care about winning. Well, I will say that it's not so much – I'm not referring so much to the return, at least the mentality of moving Ore Lopez. They've been a – The idea makes sense. Low-key top three bullpen in like the American League, but – it's the Trey Mancini one. You just trade your heart and soul for yeah. not a not for not much when you finally yeah. have an opportunity to get to the postseason. That was that's sure. unforgivable yeah. to me. It sucks. Let's get to this name game because otherwise we're going to talk about the Orioles for twenty five minutes. So Sounds let's good. move over to this and let's start off with one of the best pitchers in baseball since July first, and that is not hyperbole. Merrill Kelly uh, of the Diamondbacks, uh, ten and five for the two eight six ERA, one point one three WHIP so far in 2022 with 109 strikeouts to 39 walks across 132.1 innings pitched. But since July 1st, he has only given up eight runs in 48 and a third innings. Uh, I won't make you do the math. That's a 1.49 ERA, uh, which is absolutely stellar. And again, this is not exactly a guy pitching with a phenomenal defense or offense around him. And he is doing everything that you could ask from him. So let's talk about Merrill Kelly a little bit. I I mean, again, uh, someone who has been talked about for the last few years, there's been sparks. You've seen moments, but this is probably the most sustained success that we've seen from him in quite a while. Let's play a little name game with him here. And would you rather have rest of season? Would you rather have Merrill Kelly or Jose Urquidy, who by the way is also pitching very well right now? I think I'll go Kelly. I would agree. I think I'd go Kelly there as well. I think the strikeouts are a little higher. I mean, look, your wins are probably better with uh, Urquidy, but 
Merrick Kelly has just looked so good. I stick with him. Uh, let's yep. talk about Kelly or Nestor Cortez. Ooh, that's a good one. Um, I'll go with Nasty Nestor. It's pretty close, but I'll go with Nasty Nestor. I think he's got another hot streak coming. I I think I agree with that as well, but that's really close. Uh, let's talk Very Merrill close. Kelly or Logan Gilbert. Oh, Merrill Kelly. I am very concerned about Logan Gilbert. Ooh, okay. um, Tell me why. He has really struggled as of late. He is not missing bats whatsoever. And if you take a look at the metrics, like he's in the bottom 10% in hard hit percentage. He had some good luck going forward. I'm all in on Logan Gilbert and as, as a long-term pitcher, but I think there's going to be some ups and downs. And you have to keep in mind that the Seattle Mariners basically have to manage the innings of Logan Gilbert. He has never come close to this kind of workload in his professional career. Merrill Kelly's not getting shut down, even unless there's an injury, God forbid. That's honestly, it's not all of that close to me. Merrill Kelly by a fairly good margin. Okay. All right. So if it's a good margin over Logan Gilbert, how about uh, how about Sean Manaya for the Padres? Are you taking Ooh. going NL West versus NL West here? Kelly versus Manaya. You know why I'll go Kelly is I know what I think I'm going to get from Kelly, even if he drops off. I'm just going to expect some six innings, three run starts. You know, that, and those can you can still work with those things. Shamanaya, when he's great, he's great. When he is bad, man, there are some yeah. just absolute stoinkers of starts. So I'll take the floor of Kelly over the ceiling of ceiling of Manaya. I agree with that as well. And let's finish off with this. Uh, Merrill Kelly or Jose Barrios, who is now picking up that, who is now picking up after a very slow start to the year. Boy, that is really close. And by the way, says something that Merrill Kelly, who was undrafted, yeah. and is now having a conversation yeah. with a lot of the names yeah. we just mentioned. I mean, yeah. Nestor Cortez also came out of nowhere, but like Barrios and Manaya, those were guys that were drafted inside the top hundred. I'm going to go with Kelly just because. Uh, Barrios has kind of taken advantage of some bad lineups and lineups that aren't playing particularly well. Like that start he had on Peacock against the Tigers. Yeah. That Tigers lineup is one of the most it's atrocious really lineups in baseball. And he's still like, he's in the bottom eighth percentage or below in basically all of the categories up at the top of baseball savant. He is pitching better. I would expect maybe more bat missing from Barrios down the stretch, but I, I think I'm still going with Kelly. Would you, are you taking Barrios over Manaya? Yes. Yeah, yeah I agree. With I, that I, I am. Yeah. Yeah. And you taking Nestor Cortez over anybody who I just mentioned outside of Merrill Kelly? Because yeah. he, yeah, he was the one you had, he was the one you had yeah. number one. So, yeah, I'm taking okay. Nestor over every, all of those guys. Yeah. I just, I think he's going to have a really nice second half of the season. All right. I like that. Uh, as a Yankee fan, I'd certainly like that. Yeah, sure, um, but sure. Merrill Kelly still available in, I want to say about 20% of Yahoo leagues. I don't know why he's been phenomenal okay. for the yeah. last month and a half. Go grab if he's, sure. if he's still available out there. He has elevated from a streamer to a starter um, over the last month. Let's okay. talk about Jose Miranda for the twins. Mm. Um, finally showing off that big prospect pedigree that many were hoping for. I'm sure you were as well. So far in 2022, slashing 279, 327, 475, with 11 homers, 47 RBIs, 28 runs scored, and a stolen base. Over the past 30 days, he has four homers and 20 RBIs. That is the fifth most RBIs in Major League Baseball over that span. 
hitting 352 since the start of June, and he is batting regularly cleanup for a currently postseason bound Minnesota team and playing quite often at first and third base. So not only are you getting the positional flexibility this year, obviously looking forward to next year, he's going to get uh positional. He's going to have the flexibility again next year. Cause he's going to get both right. of them. So let's talk sure. about Miranda here. Um, let's play a little name game. He's a unique one because he's first and third base. So I had to start looking at some first baseman and third baseman in this conversation. Uh, let's sure. start with Jose Miranda or Alec Bohm, who's been hitting real nice. Oh, Alec Bohm. Alec Bohm, heavy wide margin. Yeah, d- dude, Alec Bohm since July 1st has been like one of the best hitters in baseball. And this is a guy whose hard hit percentage was in the 98th percentile when I recorded a video on him not that long ago. Like, all due respect to Jose Miranda, there's very few players right now that I'm taking over Alec Bohm. He is getting the results that he deserved earlier in the season. All right. I I think it's a little bit closer, at least from my perspective, I think it's a little closer. But again, 352 since the start of July and the fifth most RBIs over that span. So honestly, we're talking about arguably two of the best hitters since the start of July. I think this is pretty close. But Expected batting average, by the way. I'm sorry to uh, just correct myself. I wanted to make sure. Expected batting average was in the 97th percentile. I said hard hit percentage, but um, expected batting average in the 97th percentile is – Awfully good, and that's what Alec yeah, Bohm that has plays. been all year. That plays. Yeah. All right, let's let's uh, go down the list a little bit. Let me look, scroll down. How about Jose Miranda or Ryan Mountcastle for the rest of the year? Ooh, that's a fun one. Ryan Mountcastle is kind of similar to Jose Miranda, but yeah, with a little more power. Here's my concern with Jose Miranda. Like he's been much better than I anticipated him being. It's good for him, especially after a. I think he went six for fifty four or something like that to begin the year. Eight for yeah, fifty two. I knew it was it was really really bad, and he was due to be better than that. His approach at the plate leaves a lot to be desired, and I do think that pitchers are going to make an adjustment. That's the thing that's scary to me. However, I think he's going to be better in the average category than Mount Castle is, and not Agreed. that far behind in power. So I guess I'll go Miranda. The only thing with him is. Because Miranda, uh, Mountcastle, correct me if I'm wrong, has first base and outfield eligibility? Yes, he does. Okay, so that's that's interesting just because, you know, in this year especially, the outfield eligibility has been awfully helpful with how many injuries we've had there. Fair point. Except for the fact third base is such a cesspool now. So I'll, I've talked myself into taking Miranda. <laughs> Tug yourself in there. I like I, I, I like watching your brain work a little bit. For the record, yeah. Chris does not know these names ahead of time. So nope. this is truly watching him work in real time. Um, <laughs> I would say, I would, I, God, this is real close to me. And again, it's really close all of me. these names that I pick are because I think they're all right next to each other. So, mm-hmm. um, I, again, I might take Mountcastle just over, but this is six, one half dozen the other. It's real. Close. Yeah. How about, um, teammate Luis Arias, who also has first base eligibility and third base eligibility. Um, so teammate for teammate here, obviously one with more power, one with uh, better yeah. batting average. So, yeah. Um, it totally depends on what you need. If you are somebody who needs help in the power category, you go with Miranda. If you need some help in the average category, I don't think there's very many better than Luis Arias. The thing that I think will be the tiebreaker here is I think Luis Arias is eligible at a bunch of places. So I would like to have that flexibility. So if it's like you just need help altogether, I would take him. 
But if you need any help and power, the fact he's hit six home runs, that's actually seven home runs more than I thought that Arias would hit in this <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. Um, it's there just not, not much there. something yeah. – no. Um, and if you're in an on-base percentage league, it's not even close you're taking him over Miranda. Agreed. But if we're talking standard five-by-five, five, which we normally are, it just depends on which category you need. But if it's if it's tied, I'll go with him just because he has the financial flex financial flexibility, the positional flexibility. He's got. I'm that watching Red a Red Sox game right. Game. I'm watching him play right now, and I'm watching the financial flexibility of having Eric Hosmer on your roster. Don't you love uh, being able to take on that contract? Um, let's talk uh, Jose Miranda or Andrew Vaughn. Oh, hmm. Again. Kind of depends on what you need. I mean, Vaughn's got the power stroke too there, so you're not losing nearly the drop-off like Arias. Yeah. No. I think I'd probably go Vaughn. I like – it's close. It's very close. Vaughn has outfield eligibility and first base eligibility as well, right? Yeah. I think I'll go Vaughn. I think I'll go Vaughn. I go Vaughn in this scenario as well. I think there's – again, hitting 298 on the year, 11 home runs, 52 RBIs so far. I mean – there's not a drop off in very many spots. And I think no. that he's, I think he's got one of the, I think he's low key, one of the best four tool players in the game that people are not talking about right now. No, so, he's been great as a second yeah. year player too. Like they're the, the exactly. upside with Andrew Vaughn is palpable. The, the most underrated thing I think about Andrew Vaughn is, is that he, for a dude of his build and yeah. uh, with his potential power, doesn't strike out a whole heck of a lot. He's nope. in the 85th percentile in whiff percentage. He's got to get out of the outfield. He is an atrocious outfielder. They, the, the White Sox have to figure out some stuff with roster construct, construction, man, because there are some absolutely terrible defensive players on that roster that should either be playing first base or DH. Um, but, yeah, to answer your question, I'll, I'll go Vaughn, but it, it's close. Jaron Duran just hit a home run. Yeah, give me Vaughn as well. Um, all right, let's finish off with Miranda or literally could not be more scorching red hot Matt Chapman because, wow, what a week that yeah. that man has had. It's been – yeah. I mean, he'd be the, I think the only thing that's going to prevent him from winning AL Player of the Week is the fact that, like, his great stretch has, like, the second half of one week and the first half of the next week is the only <laughs> reason why he's not going to win AL Player of the Week. It still might. Um, he yeah. has just been crushing the ball. Would you take, though – for rest yeah. of season, Matt Chapman or Jose Miranda? Matt Chapman. Yeah. I am look, he's Agreed. been due for something like this, man. Like it's expected years, we, we've been waiting for yeah. it. Yeah. We we talked about this when we talked about Barrios, me and Drew on the Sunday Waiver Wire show a couple of weeks ago. Like his expected batting average is still low just because he swings and miss mm-hmm. so much. But like every other metric here is what you want to see. The hard hit percentage is in the 98th percentile, barreling the baseball in the 94th percentile. He does not swing at pitches outside of the strike zone. He just doesn't. And he draws walks. And while that may not necessarily help you in a batting average category, it's infinitely better to have him walk and get a chance to score a run than to get out. It is still a much better preferred thing. It would be nice to get that extra point for the walk. But yeah, I – Matt Chapman, gosh, that was a good trade for them. And it's funny because the defensive metrics say he's actually been below average. And all it makes me want to do is never look at a defensive metric ever again. Yeah. Yeah. When we start, when we start talking about, when we start questioning Matt Chapman's defense, we know we've gone <laughs> a little so too good. far down the rabbit he's hole. So good. Yeah. Uh, let's move over to Clay Holmes here. Uh, Yankee okay. reliever slash closer. 
Um, I still say it's, he's obviously the closer. That's, that's unfair of me to even say. Um, but on the year has been overall phenomenal, but a, sh- a rough stretch of late has given up six runs in his yes. last three appearances, racking up two blown saves and two losses in that span. Um, overall though, on the year, very strong, a two, two seven ERA, uh, uh, basically a whip of one 51 strikeouts and in 47 innings, 17 saves. So let's play a little name game with Clay Holmes over the rest of the year, as especially as we now talk about him in this, the shine of him, especially that had happened really up until about a week and a half ago, has finally started to come off a little bit. And now I think he's now I think we have a better understanding of who he is as a pitcher. Let's talk about yes. Clay Holmes here. Would you rather have rest of season Clay Holmes or David Robertson for the Cubs? For the Phillies. Uh, oh, Phillies. That's my man. Sorry. Yeah. That's, that's okay. That's so it just happened. Deadline, like I'm week. still working nope. through everybody. Yeah, no problem. Uh, I don't even know if we can even do the show anymore after that mistake. Um, that's fair. <laughs> uh, I'll go Clay Holmes. I'm still going Clay Holmes. I agree. I think the I think the rebounds coming here. I'm not I'm not ready to 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 fully start waving a white flag or start sweating just yet with him. Um, and sure. he's just simply been too good all year for me to completely wipe everything away with a week. So yes, give me Clay Holmes there as well. Would you take Clay Holmes or Camilo Duvall and his 103 mile an hour cutter? Man, that was that was impressive the other night. That I'm was still going Clay day. Holmes. Look, let's <laughs> you know, let's just talk about Clay Holmes real quick. Okay, him. It would have been more. impossible for him. It would be impossible for him to be as good as he was prior to these. Oh yeah, last yeah. few clunkers. Like it's just impossible to be as dominant as he was, unless you're Eric Gagne, who was just like for those two uh, uh, young or old or whatever it would be to remember Eric Gagne. Like that was the most impressive closer stuff I've ever seen, and that does include Mariano Rivera. Didn't last for very long, but unless you're having mm-hmm. that type of stuff. You're not. You're going to have some bad. I think it's actually good that he's getting this out of the way. I actually agree with I think that. Clay Holmes. Clay Holmes is just too good at avoiding barrels, missing bats, normally throwing strikes. That's been a little bit of an issue lately. I mean, the walk percentage in the 58th isn't great, but I just think Clay Holmes is going to be just fine down the stretch. Uh, let's talk about Clay Holmes here. All right, so let's talk about a couple more guys who can miss some bats here on good teams. Yes. Would you yes. take Clay Holmes over any of the three I'm going to mention? Clay Holmes, Jordan okay. Romano, Devin Williams, Ryan Helsley. Oh, that's Because I was going to say, those were the three that I really wanted to get to because that's where the strikeouts yeah. come in, and all three of them on good teams with good save opportunities the way that Clay Holmes should have with the Yankees. Yeah, and I think I would take Helsley over him right now. Okay. Uh, the Devin Williams thing, I just need to see him be the established closer. I know, I'm, we're using say, a little crystal ball and tea leaves here just to be yeah, like, get that's, the spot. That's, yeah. the, that's the thing. It's it's what we talked about. And to be mm-hmm. fair, we were worried about that during our trade deadline chat with Felix mm-hmm. Bautista, and he's gotten safe chances since. Who? I think I'm taking Holmes over everybody but Helsley. I think I agree with that. Helsley has just looked absolutely untouchable for basically the entire year. I agree with that. Yeah. Uh, Romano and Williams are, should get save opportunities. I say that in Williams' case. Romano obviously is, but yeah. I, Clay Holmes' stuff has been too good, but Helsley's stuff has been a tick better. Yep, fair. Uh, speaking of red-hot 
or I mean, well, it's not red hot after coming off of Clay Holmes, but uh, red hot <laughs> players that we were discussing, like in Jose Miranda and others, Reese Hoskins for the Phils. Um, yeah. Four straight games with a home run. Uh, that'll usually get you on some lists. Hitting 253, 344, 496 with an OPS of 840, 24 home runs, 54 RBIs, 60 runs scored, and a stolen base to boot. Uh, he's been stellar of late. And again, he's also been a guy that we've kind of, I want to say his first or second year, he really kind of exploded onto the scene and kind of suddenly started taking a little bit of a step back, started being like more back end first base one rather than maybe the high end that I think some other people were hoping for at the beginning of his career, starting to show a little bit more of that pop and hit now. I mean, the average is fine for what he is and 24 home runs, 54 RBIs will do that for you, but him scorching hot right now. Would you rather take rest of season with Reese Hoskins or Trey Mancini? Yeah, that's a really close one to me. Um, this is hard. This is a really tough one. I think I would probably go Hoskins. Just, man, that's close. I mean, they are like that. Talk about the dice thing that you were just talking about. Um, yeah. I think, you know what? I'm going to say Mancini. I believe in his chance of hitting for average a little bit more than I do Hoskins Fair. with similar type of power. And I like that Houston lineup protection. Protection is not a great word for it, but the fact that he's going to get to drive in a bunch of dudes. I'll go with Mancini, but it is so close. I think I lean Hoskins there, but again, I can I I think it's very close here. How about Reese Hoskins or your boy very Ty France? Close. This again kind of depends Chris, on what I want you, need you to know that every because... time you pause and struggle, I smile a little bit inside because I picked the right people. Because this is it is <laughs> yeah, a little absolutely. harder than you imagine trying to look at just a slew of people and being like, Yeah, all right, 100%. who's close? <laughs> yeah, you did you did your good job. There, there's your praise for the day. Gosh, I'll take on. it. Um, no, it's uh I'll go I'll go France just because I think he's gonna hit some some round trippers too and be a much better helper in the average category. And he's sitting at the top of that Seattle lineup sure. and he should get a chance to drive in Julio Rodriguez, if not early this week, uh, or if not by the end of this week, early next week. So yeah. How about, okay. So you've had, you've taken Mancini and France over him. So let's move down. To that. How about Hoskins or DJ Lemayhew, who has first base eligibility and while Rizzo is out is playing first base. <laughs> See, the tough part about these ones is, they're just such different, different players. players. You know well, I, mean? I, I pick guys the, who are exactly the same and you were like, I don't know how to pick yeah. between them. And I pick different players. Yeah, that's like, fair. Yeah. That's, 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 that's <laughs> the thing about the, those last two is that um, I'll go LeMahieu because of the positional eligibility. I imagine that uh, I should look this up, but I imagine that uh, LeMahieu has eligibility basically everywhere at the infield, because, but shortstop. Yeah, pick an infield spot everywhere, but shortstop. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's the reason why I'll go there. But I will say this, if you're looking for pop, it's not even close. You want Romito. Wow. So, all right. Give me, I'm, I'm trying to, you've picked everyone over Hoskins. And talk I love Reese Hoskins. Well, I, I totally, but talk about Reese Hoskins a little bit more. Like if, if you have France Mancini and LeMayhew over him, what is, yep. and again, Hoskins having a excellent year so far. What is the, what is the thing that's holding you back from potentially say moving him up more? Or like if you are in a fantasy league where the trade deadline has not happened yet, is there, is there a wiggle room here? Do you think that players should potentially look to move him and acquire one of these guys 
verse. It's nothing against Reese Hoskins, really. I mean, I, I like him. I don't love that the Suspetus Family Barbecue always tweets out, congrats on the Homer dude, after every single one. <laughs> I mean, I just don't like those guys. But I no, I'm kidding. I really like Reese Hoskins. It's just the fact that those other guys you're talking about have the ability to hit 270, 280. Mm-hmm. And Ty Francis, of case, much higher than that. Yeah, Not much higher than that, but like plus. Yeah. 300 plus. Reese Hoskins has no shot to do that. Mm-hmm. So it's just really, if you need power, I'm going with Reese Hoskins. Like there's no doubt about it. If you need help in just that category, Reese Hoskins is the best option of those guys. It's just the other options are more complete fantasy baseball players. The one thing I will say though, too, is if you're playing it on base league, because Reese Hoskins draws a bunch of walks, mm-hmm. 344 on base percentage yeah. compared to his 253 average helps tell that story. That's something to consider, absolutely. Okay. But he's just as a 253 hitter, a guy who's only going to hit 250 or 260. Yeah, there's a chance Mancini reaches that, but he makes enough hard contact that I think he's going to hit for a higher average than that. It's just the fact that Hoskins is only likely to help you in that only can be guaranteed, I should say, to right. help you in that one category. Yeah, everything else is icing on the cake. Um, why don't we yeah. – all right, so bring up – I mean, he's hitting uh, for a better average this year, but let's try and read – there any chance you're taking – I know you haven't been a monster fan of Jose Abreu of years past. Would you take Hoskins over him? Are you talking in power no. conversations now. No, Jose Abreu is is easy for me. Like the, the no, Jose Abreu – sure. yeah. yeah, the Jose Abreu thing, we got a bunch of questions about him. Like – he, he is what he is. I think Jose Abreu is going to be putting up the numbers that he's going to be putting up f- until he's like 106. He's like, like he got off to a Cruz. very bad he's gonna start. He's going to be like a Nelson this- Cruz where he just kind of just ages with just this. At some point, time's going to beat him, but like I don't know when that time's going to be. I'll say this. He's driven in 55 runs this year, so we've got – Something like 55 games left, something yeah. like that. He's going to have to put is up this, something to get that 100. That, Every year of his career, he's got 100 yeah. RBIs. We spoke about that at the I'm beginning of the year. It. I've been keeping track of that one. Also, by the I'm way, Jose Abreu batting 299 on the year. Like That average yeah. comes out of nowhere this year. Absolutely. Great player. Uh, let's talk. Let's do Reed Detmers here. Uh, okay. The, for the Angels, he has been stellar of late. Overall in the mm-hmm. year, four and three with a three four four ERA, one point oh four WHIP, eighty two strikeouts and thirty one walks across eighty nine innings pitched. Over his last five starts, dating back to July eighth, he is two and zero with a one point one six ERA, a FIP of two fourteen. So you know that it's it's not cheap. Uh, with thirty eight strikeouts across thirty one innings pitched. He's looked, and I mean, talk about him a little bit as a as the prospect guy that you are. Obviously, we've been waiting for him from a prospect perspective to kind of blow up on the scene, and it looks like he's finally doing it this year. Well, I'll say this too: is and he is a guy that I have listed as a guy that I've liked, but more f- reality over fantasy stuff okay. because I didn't think he was going to be a huge bat misser. And eighty-two strikeouts and eighty-nine innings is far from elite. But that's not the pitcher that we've seen as of late. Like he is missing bats at a an exceptional level, especially since the All Star break. He's the I just looked this up because I recorded a video on him for Yahoo. He's the first rookie pitcher ever to have a no hitter and an immaculate inning in the same year. I mean that's it's that's it's cool. kind of like a um, 
a random type of stat yeah. type thing. I mean, how many immaculate else, innings are playing out, period? But, but yeah. Immaculate innings are very rare. But it does show you just how good he's been. He also had a stretch there where he had a 5.67 ERA over the six starts after the no-hitter. So there's been ups and downs here, but mm-hmm. – Reed Detmers has a very bright future, but it's more mid-rotation starter than top of the rotation to me. Okay, but for this year, now obviously that's expanding out for his entire career. For this yes, year, sir. would you rather have Detmers or George Kirby? Oh, that's a fun one. I think Detmers is a little less likely to be shut down, so I think I might go Detmers. Having said that, the Mariners are pretty good at baseball and the Angels suck out loud. So that's something that you have to keep in mind here because he is not going to get a ton of win chances. But just because of the fact that I think Detmers is a little more likely to give you the innings, I'll go with him. But it's really close. Very, very good one. How about Detmers or Spencer Strider, who has been phenomenal all year, but back-to-back kind of bang-up starts? How do you feel rest of season? I still got to go Strider just because of the fact that I think he's going to miss considerably more bats. Yeah, Again, the strikeouts, the strikeouts are the big difference there. Yeah, Detmers has 25 strikeouts in his last 19 innings, and that's definitely going to play. But Spencer Strider has some of the best swing and miss stuff in all of baseball as a rookie, plus that mustache. That mustache gives you bonus points in my book. Nasty Nestor yeah. got extra bonus points in the first one specifically because of it as 100%. well. Uh, Detmers or Joe Ryan rest of season? Pretty similar, even though they're different. Like one's a right-handed pitcher, one's a southpaw. I'll go Ryan. I think the win chances are something that you can't ignore here. I, yeah, uh, the Minnesota fair. Twins had one of my favorite deadlines, and I think he's going to get a chance. I mean, he's not the ace of that staff anymore, but he is like you know something that's significantly a significant part of that rotation still. I, I think I'll go Ryan, especially if you're somebody who's playing, you know a whip category. Detmers was drafted as a guy who was supposed to have um, really good control. And I still think he has a chance to it. Hasn't really shown superb command of his stuff just yet. I think that's fair. I, I think I might take Detmers over. And again, I'm looking at this more as a, what have you done for me lately conversation? Because I'm looking for just the next couple weeks, the next two months. Yeah. I think fair. Joe Ryan has the better overall stuff and I think he'll be the better overall pitcher. But uh, I mean, he gave up 10 runs to the Padres in two starts ago. Um, yeah, had a couple something. pretty good starts before that. But it, there's, a, there's a little bit more of a blow-up to his game that I'm a little more worried about. Detmers just seems hotter. I think I'd ride Detmers a little longer. Um, uh, just the only thing there is the fact that Reed Detmers is significantly more likely to be shut down than Joe Ryan. The Twins may have point. to manage innings a little bit with Joe point. Ryan. But Joe Ryan is definitely not getting shut down because they're going to need him in the postseason. Yeah. And also very interesting that the news coming out this week about Spencer Strider on that point as well. It looks like they're not going yeah. to do an innings limit for him. So, um, Or at least there is no innings limit out. for a guy who is going to blow past um, the innings that he threw last yeah. year. And that's not including postseason innings, which he almost assuredly yeah. will be now that Ian Anderson was sent down to the minors. So that's going to Hope be kind out. of a fascinating one there. Uh, you know what? Let's we yeah. got a couple minutes left. Let's finish off with a fun one here. Let's do Jacob Degrom. I mean, welcome back okay. to the league, buddy. Uh, in case you haven't heard about him, he's a he's a he's a pretty young up and comer who's got a real uh, love really to talk prospects. out of his hand here. Uh, stellar <laughs> through two starts on the year, going one and zero with a two five three ERA, .47 WHIP, and eighteen strikeouts in ten and two thirds. There's the K's that you want to see. 
Um, took a yeah. perfect inning into the sixth inning in his last start. Um, obviously, end up giving up two runs on his ledger, but he looks good to go. Mm-hmm. Now we are looking at the last two months of the year. If you drafted Jacob DeGrom and you've been sitting there all year with him on your IL spot, <laughs> congratulations. I hope that you are still relevant in your league because you are about to be rewarded for your patience. But for sure, if you are telling me that there is a conversation to be had, hey, look, the way that Juan Soto just got moved in real life, there is a world where someone might offer you a king's ransom for Jacob DeGrom here and you might be able to to take something from it. Let's talk about DeGrom overall. Would you take DeGrom or Garrett Cole, his New York city mate for the rest of the season? DeGrom. I, I, I agree it's with gonna that. Be real, it's going to be really hard for me to say. No I know. To I tried to, I'm, I'm, I'm playing at the very top end of this pool. Please, so, please. And thank you. This will be fun. Yeah. All right. So DeGrom or Zach Wheeler, who is mowing people down of late. Still DeGrom. Still DeGrom. All right. How about DeGrom? Or Verlander. So this is where Uma, who, it finally gets close. Yeah, the, this is the front runner for AL Cy Young right now. And the thing with Verlander too is that like, so that the one thing I guess you have to watch out with Verlander a little bit is that like I think the Astros might have clinched the division yesterday. <laughs> There's no, there may not be any mathematical <laughs> proof of that. Possible, but yeah. they're just so far ahead that I do wonder if they'll play with stuff a little bit and you know the the Mets who are playing excellent still have a couple of teams behind them that are pretty darn good. And you really want, if you're the Mets to be playing for that number one overall seed, because I think having home field advantage against the Dodgers would be. I was going to argue the same thing. I I, I think you could argue the same thing for the Astros there too. I mean, Astros versus. Yeah, absolutely. Last last three years, whoever had the final game at the home stadium is the one who's winning it. So that might just be the say, only though, thing, the, from a Verlander perspective, that might be the only thing that keeps the Astros like motivated and going to like potentially yeah. keep them going because, like you said, the the divisions there's similar to the Yankees that AL East the division is theirs, but both of those teams are looking at each other across the field saying, "I want you." Except the one thing I'll say with the Astros is like the Mets don't have that postseason experience for the most part. You know point. what I mean? And I wonder if the Astros too. can say. Like, yeah, but if, even like for the Astros, I wonder if they say it's not that big of a deal if we have to go play New York four times out of seven. You know what I mean? We've done this an awful lot. I mean, we we might point. be built for this. But to answer your question, I'm still going DeGrom. I just think that his – what I have seen from him, especially since he has come back, is the same Jacob DeGrom that I have seen. Yeah, it looks, it looks eerily similar. All right, yeah. I mean – And all due respect to Justin Verlander. I mean, we're playing yeah. at the top. Uh, you taking him over Scherzer? No, Max Scherzer is the number okay. one fantasy pitcher in baseball. That's that's the only pitcher I'm taking. So the New York Mets have the best starting pitcher in baseball and the second best starting pitcher in baseball. And I'm fascinated to see how this won't work out. Now, are you saying that from a real life <laughs> perspective or a fantasy Real life and fantasy. Real life okay. and fantasy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's every once in a while those two things don't correlate. In this case, I think because both guys just miss bats. It's a, did you watch that Max Scherzer start against the oh Braves? Oh my god! Yeah, of course. Goodness I gracious! I, I, mean, just, I would guess he's a twenty-five-year-old or something yeah, like that. It's just, yeah, it's just not like his ability to command that stuff and with that intensity too. Like, 
I want Max Scherzer to be my like uncle or something like that. It's He's making so flipping good. It's making that AAV that the Mets paid him. <laughs> everyone was like, how can you possibly pay a 40-year-old that money? And it's looking like it's worth every single penny at this point, oh, especially gosh, yeah. when October comes around. So Damn. you have them at one, two. I think that's – I mean – Easily DeGrom's back in the top five, if not in the top three. Uh, Corbin Burns is also in that conversation. Berlander's sure. in that conversation. But All good. Um, but be prepared. Jacob DeGrom, not only is he back, he looks healthy, but he's also pitching for a contract. So yeah. that is, if there ever was motivation for him, in addition to just the current, like, I want to win a World Series with the Mets this year, mm-hmm. uh, that's going to be a big deal. He's going to go out there. He looks ready to go. I think right now, Scherzer is the only guy I am a hundred percent sure I'm taking over him. Everybody yeah. else is, we can have conversations, but Scherzer is the only one I feel confident with. Yeah. And I think the thing with Scherzer, uh, DeGrom too, is he's just getting started. Like, yeah, just he, kinda, he's fresh. Yeah. Yeah. He's loosening up. He's going to start going those six or seven innings, partially because he's going to be efficient enough to go six or seven innings. Right. I get that. They're, they're keep treating him with kid gloves, considering how much time they missed. But man, that stuff just—it's not. I, I am fascinated to see how the Mets are going to blow this. I love you, Mets fans, but <laughs> it is so funny to watch you guys freak out about this type of stuff. I mean, I'm sorry. Every Met fan I've spoken to is absolutely waiting for that like piano oh, yeah. to drop above them. Like they all absolutely. know something's about to happen. I don't. They don't know what. They're kind of excited to find out what will happen. Yeah. But something's going to yeah. happen that they're going to be like, oh yeah, that's right, we're the Mets. Yes. Um, <laughs> speaking of the Mets, uh, just real quick, DJ yeah. Short, my buddy, love you. Um, DJ lost his father last week. I believe yes. he'll be joining us um, for the podcast. But uh, DJ Short is the reason that I have anything really in my life right now. So love you, buddy. Yes, yes. Um, truly, truly, and not in a sarcastic sense, all of the thoughts and prayers going out to DJ and his family for really? all of this. Because yes. Can only imagine what that's like going through. Um, And on that note, uh, with the last of the names in the books, that does it for us tonight. If you enjoyed the show, please make sure you're subscribed to Circling the Bases wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you listen on Apple Podcasts, please be sure to rate and review us. Absolutely love those five stars. And while you're at it, be sure to follow NBC Sports Edge on Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch to be informed of all of our live shows, Q&As, segments, articles, and more so you can stay up to date on everything around the league and join in on the action. You can follow me on Twitter at KyleDon'tLie, and you can follow Chris at Crawford underscore M-I-L-B. Be sure to tune back in later this week as DJ and Drew will dish out a fresh new sode, so don't miss it. So until then, stay cool out there, and as always, thanks for listening. Free Dom Smith! The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. There are any number of reasons you might consider selling your home. To move closer to family, live within a smaller budget, or just wanting a change of scenery. Whatever your reasons, having to figure out all the various housing market trends in your area may not be what you signed up for. That's where an agent who is a Realtor comes in. 
Realtor's happy expertise to help you find the right price and navigate the process to sell your home in a way that's right for you. That's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors.